All right. Well, it, it is great to see each and every one of you here. Don't ever think that that's a standard statement for me because it's a genuine truth. I love seeing you. So let's go to Lord in prayer. Father, I want to thank you again for each and every person that's here today, Father. I, I ask, Father, that you will speak to each heart. Let it be a time that, that we, each one of us, are aware of being and standing on holy ground. That in your presence amongst us, that we're since your holy presence, and therefore that holy ground that we're, we're standing on, and that, that the sanctuary being supernaturally by your spirit, just being filled with your presence, that we will recognize this is a holy, separate time to, to learn from you, to worship you, and to glorify and praise you. I pray, Father, that you will speak to each heart with the things that you want to speak to them about, whether through the message or just by your spirit, because we know, Father, that you speak to us things that are just completely off the message during times when we're gathered together as well. And so, Father, I pray that you do your work. I thank you for the work that you do because your word goes out and does not come back void. And you are glorified by it, Father. We, we praise you and thank you for the power of your word. Now, Father, I pray that you honor these things. I pray, Father, that you will preach your message and, and present what you have. And uh, may each one of us just uh, praise you and be humbled by you and, and glorify you. In Jesus' name, amen. The title of today's message might shock you, but it's entitled New World Order. New World Order. Whatever that means to you, New World Order. Over the last uh, four weeks during the month of July, I've spoken about idols in America, how different things that are translated from ancient idols into modern time idol worship is still relevant and active today. It's just packaged and rearranged in different ways. And so we've spoken about idols in America, the idols that were in Israel's history that replace our one true God. Anything that is above God that we prioritize as the most important, that we have the most passion for. In other words, God, it should be number one passion, number one focus, number one desire. Anyone or anything uh, that takes the place of God being first in our life becomes idol, an idol. In other words, we're, we're worshiping that over God. And so we have to be careful that we don't yield ourselves to put uh, others or things above God. We need, to, we need to focus on our heart and, and recognize, okay, I, I'm shifting my focus here and, it's, and I'm not even realizing it. Shift your focus back to God. Say, God, thank you for the family I have. Thank you for the friends I have. Thank you for people in my life. Thank you for the things that you've blessed me with. Thank you for all your provisions. Instead of idolizing those things, have a thankful heart for each person and each thing that God has given us. Amen? That's one way we can avoid from making someone or something an idol that we put above God. Idols have always been a tool of Satan to push his goals and agenda and move people away from God because Satan wants to be our God. Isn't that true? Satan wants to, to just be the leader of our life. And you say, that's so weird, so foreign, so creepy. Why would you say that on Sunday morning? Well, you know, Scripture's plain. Those that don't know Christ as their Savior don't realize that their father, their spiritual father, is the father of this world in a sense, not their father, but is Satan. 
the ruler and prince of the air of this world. You know, the lost don't know God the Father, right? And so they're only led by the influence of Satan, who's the prince of the air of this world. And so when we receive Christ, we obviously um, have our Heavenly Father that is there to guide us and to direct us and to help us to, to be the people he wants us to be. So, you know, if Satan can keep, keep people from coming to know God, then they don't, realizing, they don't realize that his principles that come from him are making him God of their life. And if we're following Christ, Satan loses that battle. But we're called to be committed to him. So Satan has always wanted to replace our God to be God. And so we need to remember that, that there's an there's a active work of evil in this world that we live in, inspired and led by, the, uh, by Lucifer to draw people away from God and not to God, and rather to draw people away from God to the prince of the air of this world. And so I want to read about some of this in Isaiah 14, beginning in Isaiah 14, 12 through 15, because what I'm telling you is nothing new. It's just something we don't like thinking about. <laughs> but hey, step back for a minute. Our God is our God. He is the one and only true God. And so we don't have to fret about that. We do need to pray about uh, people that are lost and people that, and brothers and sisters in Christ that we stand and we follow the Lord and are committed to him. So Isaiah 14, 12 through 15 says, how you are fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning, how you are cut down to the ground, you who, get this, you who weakened the nations. We're talking about Lucifer, Satan, who was cast out of heaven, cast to the ground, cast to the earth, who weakened the nations, for you have said in your heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. And I will also sit on the mount of the congregation of the farthest sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the most high. Wow. No trembling in his voice. In other words, he meant that. He, that's his goal. That's his objective. And no fear. Yet you shall be brought down to Sheol, to the lowest, lowest depths of the pit. God says your aspirations are only going to come to ruin and defeat. And so no matter how much you try to reach what your goal is, you will not have that accomplishment. You will not be victorious in your goal. Satan's pride and glory um, uh, is seeking to lead to his fall or sought to lead to his fall. We know pride comes before the fall. We know we all need to guard against pride, right? And so I know I, I Satan will throw something or say something or think something, and then if I honestly reflect on it, I go, you know, that's a statement or an attitude of pride. And I go, Lord, forgive me for that. That's just hit me with, on the back of your head, not in the front. You know what I'm saying? It's not like here it comes, here comes the pride, and you grab hold of it, and it's coming from behind you. Whoa, what did I just say or think? And you ask God to, to forgive you for that proud attitude. Satan's pride and glory seeking led to his fall. And since that removal from heaven, Satan has sought ways to set, him, set himself upon the throne of men's hearts. Isn't that a different thought? We think about Christians who have received Christ into their heart and we're to keep Christ on the throne of our heart. 
We're not to keep self on the throne. We're to keep Christ on the throne. We're to keep him as Lord and Savior and, and not scoot him aside and say, well, I'm glad you're here, but I'm in the lead now. And so we're to keep him on our throne. But Satan seeks to be on the throne of men's hearts, on people's hearts. And that can only be in a non-believer, right? It only can be in a non-believer that Satan can sit and rule on the heart of a person. He works hard to create things that imitate God, God's things. We know Satan is a counterfeiter. We know that he is a liar. We know that he wants to imitate and mimic a God because he wants to be God. And we need to understand how that affects us today. For example, what unique trait is our example? What's an example here? What is a unique trait that is known for our God? Anybody? Great things. Trinity. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. That's the unique characteristic of our God, right? All three in one, something that's very difficult for us to understand. I might say this, I am a husband, I'm a father, and I'm a son, but I'm still Terry. And each one of those titles, I have different responsibilities and interactions. And that's the best way I can point to the Trinity. But over and over again, through idols and mythologies, Satan has created his versions of God as individual gods that mimic the Trinity. Now remember, Satan is trying to mimic everything about God in a world of wickedness. For the point, for the reason, trying to get people to follow him. That's the whole game. I want you to worship me as God. Didn't he even say that to Jesus? Bow down before me and worship me. I'll give you the whole world if you would just bow and worship me. How, what, I, I'm, I'm blown away by the audacity that this created being, the most beautiful angel, the most authoritative, powerful angel in heaven, could talk to the creator in such a way. It just blows me away. So Satan wants to mimic everything about God in this world. Why again? He wants to mimic to, to deceive people into believing that he is the way to go. Now, I'm going to look at idols, and I'm going to look at idols, how they mimic the Trinity. Okay? Remember, the, the ancient idols that we look for uh, or, or have talked about are, are the same principles that are translated into modern idol worship. Throughout time, we've, been, we've seen various forms of the sun god created with names like Apollo, Ra, and Nimrod. This god is seen as the father or leader of other gods. So he's the god that's above all the other gods. He's the father. Is that imitation and mimicking a part of the trinity of God? Yeah. Ra is the father of, of Osiris, and Osiris, the son, was killed and resurrected. He was the god of the afterlife. He judged the dead and would give the kings of Egypt eternal life. And so we see Osiris, which is an ancient, an ancient idol that represented the resurrection in the sun. Wow. And Isis was the sister of Osiris. Isis was the one who brought about the resurrection of, of Osiris. She had magical powers, and she used them to help people on earth. That's the Holy Spirit. 
right? And so we can see that these traits or assignments rep rep uh, reflect or imitate the Trinity, right? Ra, Osiris, and Isis were Satan's imitation of God the Father, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. So we can already see in history how Satan is trying to mimic and imitate the Trinity, right? He doesn't pull off three and one very easily, but he does point out the three, right? And so, and again, that's another way that he tears down the Trinity of God by identifying them individually, not collectively. But, and, and, and as you're sitting here, you're thinking you're in church, you're hearing kind of like we're in a Bible study class, and here's these pictures of these idols. I have, Kathy and I have in our house, uh, I have a picture of uh, um, Isis um, uh, stand, well, it's a, it's a picture from Egypt that a friend brought to me from Egypt of Isis handing something to someone else in this picture. It's, it's all, it's in, a, it's painted in gold and it's really, I meant to bring it this morning and show you. It's another sun god type, a, 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 a sun on the wall that reflects the sun god. I have a, another that's a, a, a mass that represents the spirits that were from Africa. And I have various things. You say, why, Pastor, would you have these things on the wall in your house? And the reason why I have them is because I, I wanted them to be there to remind me of the lostness of the world and the need for missions. And, so, and to pray for them. That people are so deceived and led astray by deceit, by the, the deceitful lies of Satan himself. So Satan's unholy trinity and individual gods have showed up time and time again, attempting to mislead people and place them on the throne, as we talked about over the last few weeks about what modern idolatry looks like. Satan's goal is to bring about a new world order. What was the title of the message? New world order. And Satan's goal is to bring about a new world order in which he is God. Do you know which world order he's mimicking? Well, you get the millennial reign for one, a new order. You get new heavens and new earth, another order. But this will get the millennial reign. He's trying to mimic that rule. Now, I want to encourage you in this message. It does, it does come to modern application. Okay, we're going to bring it around to where we're going to understand why I'm going into all of this. And at the end, we're going to see why uh, uh, we can praise God for who he is and what he's done. So I'm going to give you some of these examples in the history in this next section of the message. Um, and then again, at the end, we'll look at the truths of the promises of Scripture. I shared several weeks ago, Satan has been busy in here in America setting up his false gods to distract us from our one true God. So if the market, the, uh, the financial economic world is resembled by a cow, a bull rather, a gold bull like that that the Israelites worshipped at the foot of Mount Sinai, right? Then so there, there's a transfer of that. And there were other things that we talked about that showed that transfer from ancient times to modern day times that, as we live in today. Satan has been busy setting up in America and around the world the foundations for this new world order. And, and, and as we get into this, you'll see it. Throughout America's history, many leaders have given speeches hinting at this new world order. 
They've worked at placing laws into action that would gradually turn us towards that new world order. I'm going to talk just a few minutes before we get to the scripture. Um, sometimes we, in America, we, the American people, have been deceived by the easily redefined words that have been used, such as God. Now, now listen to this. Don't lose me. Example. When a leader uses the word God or maybe even appears to attend church, that doesn't mean they personally honor our one true God. Someone says, I believe in God, but doesn't mean they necessarily know God. Is that not true? Some might say, I'm a Christian, but really not know what it means to be Christian. They're just making a distinction between Judaism or Buddhism or some other, right? So those are general terms. And so we know that there are leaders in our country that are referred to God that probably did not know God, but I'm not going to make that judge. When a leader uses the word God, when, when we are looking at politics and we see him going in the church, yeehaw, right? But that, does that automatically ensure that they are saved, saved or that they're following God, right? Or is it a tool? I'm not sure, right? But we have to be aware, right? Um, I recently shared, and you witnessed on our screens, that there are many churches that do not follow our God and his words found in the Bible. Do you remember last week about the screen where it showed about the, 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 the woman pastor that was in front and she was reciting the Sparkle Creed that included everything and that, that diminished the authority of God? That's, and that was in church. So just going to church doesn't mean that it's, you're getting what you, what's true. And that's how the church falls away from God. Now hang in there with me, okay? I'm not meaning to drag this. Let's move on. So this new world, new world order that Satan and, and his world leaders are attempting to set up in his imitation of our one true God, God's new, new world order. So Satan's trying to take leaders in our world and use them to set up a new world order. Do you understand what I'm saying? That... Satan wants to imitate God, and he's structuring culture and our government, even here in America, to and around the world, to bring people to one world order. Do you know what they said in the last days in the book of Revelation? That there's peace, peace, they're all excited, there's peace. We have one world ruler, and the whole world is rejoicing in peace, and then, boom, calamity came. Okay, so the world is looking for peace and someone to bring peace to the whole world because of all the chaos. And Satan is using that to use leaders and to implement strategies to set up a one world order that honors him. Because we know in the book of Revelation, the Antichrist is set up as God. And we know that he's not God. And so I'm going to give you a few examples of leaders who have promoted this new world order. And he talks about America's proper role in the world order. He mentions using the economy and the UN to help bring the new world order about. Okay, that's the Wall Street Journal. In that journal, okay, written by Joe Biden in 1992, right, he mentions the role of the new world order. He mentions using the economy in the UN 
to help bring the new world order to order. And so we're seeing a, a, a New York Times article written by Joe Biden in 1992, pointing to and directing to a new world order, okay? He mentions using, okay, so then in 2007, Nancy Pelosi and her becoming House Speaker speech and her becoming House Speaker speech quoted words from the back of our United States seal that says, Novus Ordo, or excuse me, Novus Ordo Seclorum, which means the New World Order. Novus being the, uh, the uh, new ordo is order and secularum, like secular, secular things, is the world. So, novus ordo secularum. So, Nancy Pelosi in 2007 points that out in her becoming a House Speaker speech. The phrase was placed in our seal in 1782 and came from the Cumulian pagan prophetess for the god Apollo. So according to the prophecy, Apollo, the son of Jupiter, or Zeus, returns to earth through a mystical life given to him. So you understand, on our currency, we could go into that second one in a lot of detail, but we're not doing that type of a study or message. But on our currency is, on the, like the American the Eagle there, it says um, that we are one nation like, that we are... Uh, one nation, one people, in a new world order on the back side. And so that was already implemented, like we said, back in 1772, and then also carried on through different generations, even into today's generation, all right? Now, I want you to listen carefully to this. The phrase, novus ordo seculorum, okay, the phrase was placed on our seal in 1782 and came from, again, I'm repeating, Kumuian, it's hard to say, pagan prophet, from the Kumui, C-U-M-U-E-A-N, Kumuian, pagan prophetess. So it was, a, it was a saying from a prophetess, from the god Apollo. Now, th this next statement I want you to think about because it just, it just blows my mind, but Satan wants to mimic everything about God. According to the prophecy, Apollo, the son of Jupiter, or Zeus, returns to earth through a mystical life given to him so he can bring a new pagan age. I'm thinking, this is um, mythology. This is not real. This is, this is not tangible. This is not a reality. Uh, are people really looking to Apollo, the son of Jupiter, or Zeus, to return to earth? To, to set up a new world order. Let me ask you a question. How many times have you heard people say about Christianity that the Christian faith is stupid? It's ludicrous. Who in their right mind would believe in a savior that came 2,000 years ago, and who in their right mind would think he's coming back? Have you ever heard that before? Have we? No? You haven't heard that before? Are people denying and questioning how, the reality of that? That's a reality. And just the same, these people are, are actually believing in the hierarchy of pseudo-Christian religions and other uh, religious practices around the world and, and, and organizations, high organizations in our culture. 
at the very top of those cultures, there is um, this thinking that this new world, or, world order will truly have the God of Apollos come back. And I'm thinking, how ludicrous. That's insane. That's insane. And then as I was thinking that, I was thinking, well, you know what? People that are lost think that Christian faith is insane and ludicrous. Is it, does it make it on an on a, on a equal parallel uh, path? You know what I'm saying? Does that make Christianity and paganism or, or the worldliness equal with each other in their thoughts? You understand what I'm saying? Well, they say, and that's ridiculous, and they say, and that's ridiculous. Does that, does that mean that God and the truth of the, our one true God is on the same plane? No. Because we have the Holy Spirit who lives in us, and being that we have the Holy Spirit that lives in us, he confirms that he's real. But more than that, he confirms that he is the one true God. And we can identify with that, and we know that. So isn't that mind-boggling that there are actually people in, in higher organizations and higher religious uh, cults and higher religious pseudo-religions that actually believe that this new world order, as through our history and history in the world, is coming together and that one day that their savior, if you will, is coming back and it's not Jesus, it's one of these pagan gods. I have a hard time swallowing that. But yet, step back for a minute and think. If you're looking at the contrast, what is Satan trying to do? He's trying to imitate God. Now remember, hold on. We're going to go to the good stuff in Scripture here in a bit, okay? I'm not trying to deflate things. I'm trying to help you and I to understand something. That we, if we're in the mindset and understanding that this is a, a, this is, we are light in a world of darkness. We are battling against darkness or evil. We're, we, are, we are God's chosen people. We are the body of Christ. We are the bride of Christ. We are his children who are in a warfare against the powers of darkness that is working hard to deceive people to believe in absolute lies. And yet we see it in, in our government history. And we see it in today's writing, you know, current articles. We see it in different organizations as well that people actually believe we're going to have a one world order and there's going to be a savior that's going to come down and set it up and so this is this is part of the the end times of of bringing the world to that place where they can recognize the, the you know the um, when the antichrist sets up his reign on earth at one point he demands that everybody worship him as god and it's all part of preparing people to turn against God and to worship, worship him. And so the New World Order focus is not just a focus of current leaders, but also was a focus of past leaders. Again, President Franklin Roosevelt was the one who set in motion putting the United States seal on the dollar bill. Roosevelt said after Americans would see the seal on the dollar bill, that they would be left with the impression that the mysterious pyramid and its heralding of the new order were the foremost symbol of American Republic. Wow. This is Roosevelt. And this was his focus. Roosevelt tied the seal to the symbolism of a New Deal project across America. And if you didn't know, the New Deal, 
right? The New Deal was the original push of America into a more, more socialist society. So we see that in our culture today. We see the push for socialism. All these things, it's not new. It's not new at all. And as I've mentioned, Satan's goal is to create things that imitate God and his things. So what would the new world order imitate? When Apollo or Cyrus or whichever of Satan's resurrected gods returns, he will bring order out of chaos. What does that mimic? Now, again, I'm still swallowing that someone could believe that a mythical, mythical pagan god is going to come back and save them. But people in, the, in our time actually believe that. And what does that mimic? When Jesus returns, he will set up his reign on earth and bring peace with his new world order. Can we praise God for that? God's, God's sovereign. He's in control. As we talk about this stuff, we feel the weight of, the, of what I'm talking about and the sense of that demonic working in the world around us. We always need to look up to our one true God, our God, right? That when he returns, he will set up his reign on earth and bring peace with his new world order. Look at Matthew 24, 30. See, I told you I'd get the scripture. Then the sign of the Son of Man will appear in heaven, and when all the tribes of the earth will mourn, and they will see the Son of Man coming in on the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. Can you imagine if Jesus came back? Look, this, this, think about timeline as far as eschatology and future events. Jesus, is, uh, the, as far as the timeline, everything is set for Jesus to come back at any moment. There's no prophetic thing that has to be fulfilled that, that will hinder the timeline for Jesus to come back. Jesus can come back right now. Let's say Jesus came back right now, and you and I are, we are no longer here. We are in heaven. Okay? That's not God's beeper. But... Oh, it is. But no, it's not. So, surprise! So, listen. So, the rapture happens. And what happens after the rapture? The, the uh, great tribulation period. Or the tribulation period is... is, is Seven years. So if it happened today, we raptured today, and the tribulation period start tomorrow, seven years from today, Jesus could come back and end the tribulation period and we with him in glory. Wow. Now, if that was a reality, wow. And frankly, that is a reality that you and I will experience one day. We will come back with Christ at the end of the tribulation period. And the cloud rule. The sky is like a curtain. Scripture says it will roll open like a curtain. And, the, and God's throne will be seen. And, and Jesus and all of us will be coming with him back to earth and his glory. Sounds mythical, doesn't it? But it's true. It's God's word. Praise God. Jesus is coming back in power and great glory. Jeremiah 3.17 at that time, Jerusalem shall be called the throne of the Lord, and all the nations shall be gathered to it, to the name of the Lord, to Jerusalem. No more shall they follow the dictates of their evil hearts. Praise God, Jesus will sit on his throne on earth, and no more shall man follow their evil hearts. 
Well, after the tribulation period, Christ sets up his thousand year reign of peace, a millennial reign. He's ruling over the earth physically here on earth. We are ruling with him. It sounds mythical, but it's God's word. God has promised that this is yet to come. If you look at things that God has promised in the Old Testament, and then you see him fulfill those promises, that reality happening, like, like Abraham becoming the father of many nations, many believers from many nations through faith in the Messiah that came through Abraham. The, there, there are things, what I'm getting at is there's things in the Old Testament that are prophesied that, that people saw fulfilled besides Abraham. And you would think, well, God's promised this, but wow, there it is fulfilled. And God has promised this, and we will see its fulfillment. That's a point that I'm trying to make. Jeremiah 3.17. At that time, Jerusalem shall be called the throne of the Lord, and all the nations shall be gathered to it in the name of the Lord to, Jer to Jerusalem. No more shall they follow the dictates of their evil hearts. No more will we as a world follow the dictates of evil men's hearts. This world will be led by Jesus. And as I've already read, praise God, Jesus will sit on his throne on earth, and no more shall man follow their evil hearts. Look at Revelation 20, 1 through 6. And then I saw an angel coming down from heaven, having the key to the bottomless pit, and a great chain in his hand. He laid hold of the dragon, the serpent of old, who is the devil and Satan, and bound him for a thousand years. And he cast him into the bottomless pit and shut him up and set a seal on him so that he should deceive the nations no more till the thousand years were finished. But after these things, he must be released for a little while. And I saw thrones, and they sat on them, and judgment was committed to them. Then I saw the souls of those who had been beheaded for their witness to Jesus and for the word of God, who had not worshipped the beast or his image, and had not received this mark on their foreheads or on their hands, and they lived and reigned with Christ for a thousand years. But the rest of the dead did not live again until the thousand years were finished. This is the first resurrection. Blessed is the holy, blessed and holy is he who has part in the first resurrection. Over such the second death has no power, but they shall be priests of God and of Christ and shall reign with him a thousand year, years. But they, guess that? That's you and me, believers. But they shall be priests of God and of Christ and shall reign with him a thousand years. You and I are being in that position. And that sounds mythical, doesn't it? But it's not. But it's not. Praise God that a thousand years of Satan, a thousand years of Satan being locked up in godly judgment over mankind on earth. Everything that we have going on that's, that's chaotic and wicked and, and, and just um, heart-wrenching in this world will be no more. It'll be a thousand years of absolute peace because Satan is locked up. Let me read on. Many people should come and say, come and let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of God of Jacob. He will teach us his ways, and he will walk in his path, and we will walk in his paths. For out of Zion shall go the law and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. You know, I got ahead of myself. 
Now it shall come to pass in the latter days that the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established on the top of the mountains and shall be exalted above, his, above the hills and all the nations shall follow it. And many people shall come and say, come and let us go up to the mountain of the Lord to the house of the God of Jacob. He will teach us his ways and we will walk in his paths. I want you to let that sink in just for a moment. One day when Christ comes back after the tribulation period, casts Satan into the pit for seven years, chained up, locked up, can't get out. He's put away. He's not causing the chaos. Jesus sets up his reign on earth, and he will teach the world his ways. How, how would you love it if our government was teaching God's word? <laughs> our leaders were teaching the principles of God to help our, our nation and our world to be a better place. During that time, Jesus will be teaching his word to the world. And there will be, and Satan will be locked up and there will be a, a thousand years of peace. And people will walk in his paths. Wow, how great is that? Praise God, a thousand years of God's word being taught from his throne. Isaiah 2.4 says, He shall judge between the nations and rebuke many people. They shall beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nation shall not lift up sword against nation, neither shall they learn war anymore. There will be no more war. There will be a thousand years of peace. You can praise God for that. So Satan, for now, may try to deceive us through idols and false teachings to bring about this new world order and try to place himself on his own throne as God, but he will not and cannot win. As you see things evolving, you see, I mean, there's bound to be a time in this world that we live in, whether it be in our lifetime or our children's lifetime or our grandchildren's lifetime, that at some point that this prophecy of the world becoming uh, uh, under the authority of one world leader will take shape. It will be set up. And if we are a part of that, which I don't know, but if we were a part of seeing that being set up, not necessarily implemented, but being set up, we need to remember that God is on his throne and he's sovereign and that he will reign. And there will be a world of peace for a thousand years. Satan will never bring order out of chaos as the followers of this new world order believe. Satan can never bring true lasting peace. Only Jesus, our one true God, can. Prophecy shows they're rejoicing. One world order, no more wars, all peace, peace, peace. And in the middle of crying out peace, then the, then the pains of destruction start to hit and it falls apart. So don't let the troubles of this world steal your peace. Focus on Jesus. Remember what he told us in John 14, 27. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Before I read the last quote, when you're watching the news, when you, when you hear the push of socialism, when you see things that point to that world order, Step back and go, thank you, Lord Jesus. One day, you will rule this earth in the millennial reign. And there will be absolute peace for a thousand years. In the meantime, we stand strong in Jesus. 
right? Right? Amen? Amen? Um, let me ask you a question. And I'll close. Hey, you know what? It's not 12.15 yet. So I'm good. Do you sense the spiritual struggle here this morning? Do you sense the, the weightiness and, the, and maybe the room or the struggle to focus and all of that? Do you know why that is? Because Satan doesn't want us to buy into it. Satan doesn't want us to understand his tactical operation. But God wants us to see clearly so that we can, we can stand strong in this world that we live in and we can go, I see what's happening, not just from the physical standpoint of society, but I see what's happening spiritually and I know that my God is in control. I know what will be and what is to come. And I know that Jesus will be glorified for it. So praise God, we don't have to wait for his millennial reign. We have been given his peace now. Now, if you don't know Jesus, if you don't know this peace, you can't know it unless you know Jesus. So if you're in this room or you hear this message or are watching this message and you don't know Jesus as your Savior, that's the first thing for you to have peace. Receive Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. Acknowledge that he is God's son who died on the cross for your sin, that he was buried, that he rose, he's alive today in heaven, and that if you say, Lord, forgive me, I'm a sinner. I believe what you did for me. Thank you for that. Come live in my heart. Something along those lines, in your words, ask Christ to forgive you and to come live in your heart. He'll come live in your heart, and he will be your savior, and he'll be your one true God. And you'll have the peace that comes from God as you focus on him, rely on him, and live in him. Amen? Amen? And so I want to encourage you to do that. Just go to the Lord in prayer. Father, your word is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword and does not come back void. We praise you for that. In other words, your word, Father, we can be thankful is doing a good work. It will accomplish what you want it to accomplish as it was presented this morning. Uh, the written word of God was carried out. And Father, as we see the, the things that were pointed out in this message, help us to stand stronger, firmer, with greater confidence, with a great peace, and with a great joy in our heart that our God the one and only true God is sovereign and will carry out his plans and his purposes. And one day we will reign with him. As mind-boggling as it is, every one of us as believers in Jesus Christ will live and reign with Jesus Christ. And what a glorious time that's going to be. Thank you, Father, for the fact that, as you've said in the Lord's Prayer, that thy kingdom come. We want more people to come to know you as their personal Lord and Savior. We want them to, to have a relationship with you first and eternal life. And I pray, Father, please, that you work through us to be that witness to others, to help others come to know Jesus as their Lord and Savior. And Father, I pray that we will be a people 
that are very cognizant, very aware of the end times, of the things we're seeing, of the, of the tactics of Satan, and that we're stepped back and we go, we are in Jesus, we know what's going on, we can praise you, Father, for what you have prophesied is coming forth, and you have the victory over all of it. I pray to your Holy Spirit, you speak to our hearts about these things, and um, help us, Father, to just stand boldly with confidence and joy in you in a world of chaos. For we ask it in Jesus' name, amen.